Amazon has everything for back to school. Zebra lunchbox? Check. Cool Adidas gear like t-shirts, shoes, and backpacks? Check. Triceratops folders and pencils? Check. Lasercat t-shirts? Check. Get your back to school shopping done now at amazon.com slash back to school and enjoy free shipping on millions of items. No need to leave your home or hassle with crowds. Amazon.com. No better place to get everything back to school from A to Z. Blog Talk Radio. And good evening, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. My name is MC Money, and I am joined by Certain the Soccer Dad and House. And we have a very exciting show for you this evening. We are going to be joined by none other than the man himself, Jamal Womble. That's ready to womble. And yes, you heard it right, Jamal Womble. And if you're thinking, who is Jamal Womble? Well, folks. Do we have a treat for you? Jamal Wombo is the man who broke the news to Zach Brown visiting the Dolphins when not one reporter knew about it, mainstream or local. He was the one who put on his Twitter page, Zach Brown was visiting the Miami Dolphins. Zach Brown, of course, a linebacker, played for the Tennessee Titans and the Buffalo Bills. So he told he told everyone on the Twitter world that, that Zach Brown was coming to Miami the other day. Nobody believed it. And then a few hours later, the local reporters say that Zach Brown is visiting Miami. So doing a little investigative research, a.k.a. stalking his Twitter feed, we see that Jamal Womble, if that's his name, is uh, very good friends with Zach Brown and has the inside scoop on Zach Brown. And in just a few minutes, in about two or three minutes, Jamal is going to join us here on Finsider Radio. He's going to give us the absolute latest on Zach Brown and the Miami Dolphins. According to Jamal's Twitter feed, it's between the Dolphins and the Raiders, although Zach is going back to the Buffalo Bills for a visit to see what they can do for him. Of course, they have a new coach, Sean McDermott, so we'll see how he fits into the system. But before we bring on Jamal, House, and Sutton, you know, what would Zach Brown do for the Miami Dolphins in terms of solidifying this defense, especially the linebacker core? House, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I definitely think he'd help solidify that core. I kind of thought about it earlier today, and after they let Poe walk, I mean, I kind of think that Miami knew, knew they had a hole in the middle of that defense, and they felt best need is uh, Zach Brown. I mean, we, we're trying to upgrade the linebackers all offseason long. Uh, bringing in a guy like Zach Brown alongside Kiko Alonzo, Lawrence Timmons would definitely solidify that middle middle unit. And, I mean, then Miami could pretty much go any way they want in the draft, at least in my opinion. So, I think – huge get for the Dolphins. Obviously, the price has to be right, but I'd be excited if the Dolphins signed Zach Brown. I think he'd help wonders with this defense. Absolutely. Uh, Simon, how about you? You know, we, we always talk about the Dolphins have been lacking the good linebackers ever probably since Zach Thomas left. And it seems like, you know, yeah. we're longing for the days of Kevin Burnett and Carlos Dancy. Yeah. And it's crazy to think That's about right. it. And, of course, yeah. Kiko Alonso. And, and, of course, oh, yeah, I wouldn't go that far. 
but of course, Kiko <laughs> Alonso kind of, kind of gave us a spark last year, and he signed a contract extension today. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But to add, we added Lawrence Timmons, right? The Dolphins added Lawrence Timmons to play inside linebacker, presumably. Moving Kiko to the outside. Right now, strong side, but Zach Brown joins the Dolphins. It's the weak side. Think about it, Timmons, Kiko, and Zach Brown. That sounds like a pretty decent linebacker core to me. What do you think about that sign? Well, I think the game has evolved a little bit in the sense that the days I grew up watching Zach Thomas destroy opposing offenses were were days where there was a little more emphasis on the run. So I think because of the offensive evolution, linebackers have kind of inadvertently become a little less important on defense at the same time we notice when the linebackers aren't playing very well because our linebackers did not play very well last year. So to flip that around and possibly have Alonzo fresh off a uh, contract extension there with Lawrence Timmons and Zach Brown, we have a very versatile group of linebackers that can do a lot of different things. Did a lot of tape study on Zach Brown. think he's an excellent player. Um, the couple of years that he wasn't so good in Tennessee uh, involved an injury and a transition to a 3-4 defense. So it looks like his productive years have been on the outside, so I'd like for him to uh, find a position as an outside linebacker. I know I'm getting a little ahead of myself here because I'd like to get him. Uh, but uh, long story short, he would complement this group very well. All right, and we are ready to be joined by Jamal Womble himself. Jamal, this is Matt Kanata. Thank you for calling into Finsider Radio. Welcome to our show. Uh, how you doing, man? Happy beer. Thank you, yes. Uh, so, Jamal, you, of course, broke the news of Zach Brown coming to Miami. You, of course, are good friends with Zach, and we and, uh, all of Dolphins is staring at your newsfeed, pressing refresh all throughout the day to get the latest scoop. So it's tell true. us right off the bat, Jamal, uh, what is the latest right now on Zach Brown of the Miami Dolphins? Um, Buffalo right now. Um, Bu- oh, geez. Okay. He's in Buffalo. Or are you saying that. Buffalo is in the lead right now? Uh, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to say who's favorite. He hasn't said anything to me about who's favorite, so I'm not going to speculate and, and uh, make it seem like that's something he told me verbatim. Um, yeah. You know. The last time I spoke to him was post before anything started with Miami. Um, and, you know, only teams he had met. Well, he mentioned that, you know, there's obviously more than two teams in the league calling, calling his agent's phone. Right? It's right. not just two calling him, but Oakland, Miami, the teams he had mentioned to me. Um, you know, and then if a team comes in with a strong offer, you know, he'd be crazy not to, to explore that. Absolutely. And we understand, you know, obviously fans understand that the game is a brutal one. And you never know. I mean, we had a player, uh, Isa Abdul Kudis, who was on a one-year deal and hurt his neck towards the end of the season, and he's out for the rest of his career. So we absolutely understand, the adult fans understand that, you know, if a player has that opportunity for a big payday, they're absolutely going to take it. And Zach Brown playing next to Lorenzo Alexander on the Buffalo Bills, you know, that's, that's a great core right there. But I know House, you know, was, was more leaning towards, you know, how he can play with Timmons. So House, I'll hand that over to you and, and let you ask a question about playing with Timmons and Alonzo. Yeah, yeah, Jamal, how's here? If, if Zach Brown were to sign with the Miami Dolphins, how do you see him compliment Kiko and Lawrence Timmons in the middle of that Dolphins defense? Uh, you know, I think you got some veteran guys, with, you know, especially with Lawrence Timmons coming from a championship program, uh, the pedigree he has. Uh, and then you got speed. You got guys who are 100 uh, tackles a season guys, you know, in, in the middle of that defense with a solid D-line up front. 
So, you know, they're going to fill those gaps and fill them fast. I feel like, you know, he would compliment anywhere. But, you know, obviously I'm biased towards, you know, my, my friend. He's been my friend for 10-plus years. So, you know, I feel like he can play in any defense. But obviously having better players around you um, is always going to help. And, um, you know, I, I've seen – I watched a couple of Dolphins games. Uh, and, you know, Kiko's a hell of a player. Uh, Lawrence Timmons has been a hell of a player for, you know, five, six, seven, eight years now at this point. So um, it would be – it would definitely be monstrous. I think I don't think anybody could deny that, whether you like the Dolphins or not. Jamal, this is Sutton here, and we really appreciate you taking some time to join us tonight. I'll, I'll cut right to my question. Um, and, and first of all, thanks for putting up with – I'm sure you've been dealing with a lot of Dolphins fans today and yesterday and the day before that. So I appreciate you just putting up with our bipolarity. I'm sure you've seen a lot of different uh, takes on the Dolphins from the fans that you've been interacting with. So just thanks for putting up with us, first of all. Um, second of all – Dolphins Twitter got in a little bit of a frenzy because it was reported that Zach had changed his representation and it and it got spun as like he was mid meeting with the Dolphins and then fired his agent and wanted a new one and that's not the case at all. Um, but I kind of wanted to get a little insight from you as to possibly why Zach decided to go in a different direction with his with his agent. Um, well, you know, I'm not going to get too too into it, but. Yeah, the agent thing, it, it happened at least, I'm going to say, a week ago. Um, so I don't know why I got reported as as like it, as it came off. But yeah. uh, basically, you know, you know, I guess there were some things uh, going on relationship-wise with his agent. He never said anything super negative about him to me. Um, when he when I found out, he, he just told me kind of, yeah, I'll be the new agent. You know, he's, he, this guy's not doing what I want him to do. X, Y, and Z. Um, I'm not sure if it was so much about uh, the current free agent situation. Um, he came off as this was a concern of his already. Um, he, I didn't dig too deep into the details, honestly, about the, the agent situation. He just felt that the new company would be uh, would serve him a little bit better. All right. We're being joined by Jamal Womble, uh, good friends with Zach Brown, the linebacker who the Miami Dolphins are pursuing, been friends with Zach for 10-plus years, that broke news of Zach Brown visiting the Miami Dolphins. Uh, Jamal, just a few more questions before we let you go for the evening. And again, as everyone else has said, thank you for joining us. You have a guy like Adam Gase, who took a team who was in an absolute uh, spiral and downward spiral, and he took him to the playoffs in his first year. You have a, a really good coach in Matt Burke. Now the defensive coordinator, really sound structure in place. In your conversations with Zach, and not to mention Miami, warm weather, uh, compared to Buffalo at least, and no income tax. Are those things weighing on his mind? And, and we don't expect you to elaborate too much, but, you know, those basic things compared to Oakland where there's, I think, 13% income tax. The weather's nice out there, but, again, you got the taxes. And in Buffalo, of course, the cold weather out in the middle of nowhere, and, of course, the income tax there as well. Yeah, I mean, listen, I'll tell you one thing I know for a fact. I know. I mean, I've, I've trained with uh... – Several NFL guys, way too many to count. Everybody looks forward to playing games in the state with no income tax. Because, you know, you get paid from the state you play in, not the state you live in. So every player has that on their mind when they go to, uh, you know, Miami or New Jersey or uh, I think one two of the states with no income tax or wherever, Pennsylvania. So, yeah, I would say every player is going to think about that, uh, no no income tax. And it's Miami. Like, you know, um, who wouldn't want to be young, young and rich in, in that city, you know? Yeah. Um, it's built for that. 
Um, but he's done a really good job of making it a football decision. You know, a better job than I would do because, you know, <laughs> I, I was, I'm moving to Miami. So that's kind of what sparked the, the – There we go. Tweet. <laughs> that's what sparked the tweet. Like, you know, Zach Brown visiting the Dolphins. Cool, you know. Um, that'd be cool to sign there. So you 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 probably didn't of... expect you probably didn't expect it to blow up like it did, huh? No, not at all. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, tweeted out, and then I'm like, you know, a bunch of guys like the line. I'm like, I, I mean, I don't have I don't have anything to gain from it. You know, what I mean, I'm not a yeah yeah I'm not yeah. a reporter, or I'm not an aspiring reporter. I'm just you know tweeting out some information. I hadn't been on Twitter for like two years before that, so yeah. Um, I think I made yeah, one thanks for about coming out of retirement for us. We appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, right. definitely, man. All right, yeah, two, more questions. Hey, two more questions, yeah, Jamal. I have one more question for Jamal, ahead. and then yep. we'll let him off the hook, if that's okay. Yep, go ahead. One more, then I'm going to ask him one more as well. Yeah. Okay. Um, Jamal, in your, in your conversations with Zach, has he talked about reuniting with Coach Bush, uh, our, our new linebacker coach? I know he did some work with him in Tennessee. Have you heard Zach talk about anything? working with Bush again? I haven't. I haven't. Um, I'm not uh, sure about his relationship with Coach Bush, whether it's positive or negative. I literally don't know anything about it. Um, if it's positive, I, I'm sure that will 100% help because he'll have an idea of, of what, Zach can, what, what Zach can do, the kind of character guy he is. Um, so that's, that'd be a positive, but I, I can't tell you uh, left or right whether Coach Bush is adding adding to it or not. All right, Jamal, one more question for you. The elephant in the room, uh, back in January, Zach, and it's probably a little blown up, but Zach called Kiko soft for wearing a cast on his hand. We know everyone in the locker room don't get, uh, doesn't always get along, but has Zach reached out to Kiko at all or to clear the air on that? Or would that be something that would hold up any kind of you know, chemistry within the locker room there, or is it just kind of Zach talking in jest and just the competitive atmosphere being on rival teams? Yeah, it's a hundred percent just being competitive and another guy in the conference. That's all it was. Okay. I don't, he doesn't, when I got, he doesn't even know Kiko. Never met the guy. I got a conversation. Um, yeah. If it was uh, if it was Joe Schmo from uh, you know another AS from the Jets and he had a cast on, he probably would have said it about him. Uh, his thing was his hand has been messed up pretty much all the last season, and he's right. trying to balance through it with just tape and stuff. So he sees a rival team at his position, no less, and another. Um, you know, another kind of premium player. And he's like, yeah, you know what I mean? I didn't do it. Why is he doing it? Uh, right. It wasn't anything personal towards Kiko. It could have been. He was on another linebacker's hand. He would have said something about him. He probably just happened to be watching the game and saw the cast and, uh, yeah. and mentioned it. And I would imagine, you know, Zach signs with the Miami Dolphins that they would probably laugh about that tweet and probably move on rather quickly about that. Yeah, I mean – Nobody wants to be called Saul, so I mean, but I'm, I'm sure that I'm sure that uh, neither one of them would make it too big of a deal. Absolutely. All right, Jamal, thank you again for joining us on Finsider Radio. We greatly appreciate it. Uh, we look forward to you breaking some more news about Zach Brown and where he ultimately ends up. All right, best of luck to uh, Zach and, of course, your relationship with him moving down the road, and good luck in Miami. All right, thank you. Appreciate it, guys. All right. Thanks, Take care, Jamal. Jamal. All right, that was Jamal Womble. And, again, if you didn't get us at the top of the show, that is Zach Brown's pretty much one of his good friends, been friends for over 10 years, um, talk on a regular basis, Jamal telling us that, you know, some, some good information there. And, of course, 
at the end of the day, which is something we may not want to hear, but of course, when you look at it at the lens of an athlete, when it comes down to making a football decision, you know, that's what it really needs to come down to in a business decision. We talk about guys wanting pay cuts and, and getting a little upset if guys are getting paid too much. I'm not really of that nature where I get upset if the, if the team pays the guy crazy money. That's the team's decision. And we see what happens with injuries. And I did misspeak real quick. Let me just correct myself. Kudis uh, did sign a three-year contract. Thank you to at Finn Mac for pointing this out. He did sign a three-year contract, but of course turned into a one-year because of the career-ending injury. I mentioned that he signed a one-year deal, but things can things can change in a blink of an eye. I mean, you guys know, right? I mean, I know we were talking today in our in our thread, in our private thread on Twitter, um, when we were talking about the Kiko deal. I don't see a problem with it. That's the market. This is the market, and it's the cap. I mean, when Brian Hartline got that kind of crazy extension that's the market for him that was the market for receivers at the time guess what this is the market for the linebacker position and it is what it is and we have no control over it. it's not our money we're not in the in the room making decisions the Dolphins obviously have a vision they're carrying it out for better for worse we have to support the team how Sutton uh in that order you know what are your thoughts on a guy like Zach Brown you know when you have Miami when you have no one can text when you have the beautiful weather when you have you know, Adam Gase is the head coach, turning things around. But then also weighing teams like Oakland and Buffalo. Um, what are your thoughts on, on a situation like that? Yeah, I mean, for me, the only team in there other than Miami that I, I would personally have interest in or even expect Zach Brown to. I mean, I know he's played in Buffalo. I know they got new coaching up there in McDermott, defensive mind. But, I mean, Oakland, they're only up and up. I, I like what they're doing out there. I think that's a – if Derek Carr doesn't get hurt this year, that could be a – uh, Super Bowl contender, and I'd like to see him out there in Jack Del Rio's defense, but no more than I'd like to see him down in Miami. Uh, I, I do think that, like you said, the taxes, uh, just the atmosphere, and just being able to come down there and play under a guy like Adam Gase, who, I mean, players just rave about him. So I, for, for me, I think what it ultimately comes down to, and I know it's a little cliche, it probably comes down to money. And I, I just think that Miami, they, they have, like we said last week, they have their set number. If the player doesn't want to take that, they'll go elsewhere. The draft's coming up. I, I don't necessarily think that Zach Brown makes or breaks this team in, in 2017, but uh, he'd be a damn good player to have next to Timmons and Alonzo. And, I mean, I'd like to see Zach Brown sign with Miami, but it, it ultimately it's his decision. And if not Miami, I'd definitely like to see him go out west to I don't know what he sees in Buffalo other than McDermott, a defensive mind, because uh, we've all been to – well, most of us have been to Buffalo, and, and that's the same thing say about Buffalo. Yeah, let me hop in real quick. And I've said this before on previous shows. I, I do think that salary cap constraints are a little more of an overblown fan worry than it is something in real life because there's always some wiggle room if you want to make some room for somebody. So I think the fact that Kiko got paid today doesn't really negate the fact that we will still pursue Zach Brown. And I'm sure that was, that contingency was already planned for. So I'm not too worried about it from a money standpoint. I just think it's a great reflection of how we've developed as an organization so far. I mean, we previously, we were used by agents to, to drum up more money for their clients to go to other teams. So the fact that we have became, you know, a 
a destination for free agents to come to at least interview with. We, we're not we're not just hiring everybody. We're not just signing everybody. But the fact that players are coming in and having positive connotations with what we're trying to build here and the thing that we're trying to get going here. So I think that's my one takeaway from all this is just the overwhelmingly good feedback from people that come into that you know, that go into our organization, that go into the into the locker room and see what we're trying to build here. I think that's a tremendous positive for us. How to talk about Buffalo, right? I went to Buffalo uh two years ago, I think, in the winter time. You as you know, we came out to Cleveland this past fall and my buddies and I take annual trips out, not annual, maybe biannual, but you get the point, to two different cities. And we went to Buffalo two years ago and there is absolutely nothing to do in Buffalo. I mean, the stadium is surrounded by houses. It's in the middle of absolutely nowhere. The stadium is a dump to, to uh, begin. Absolutely. Um, it's, it's, there's no personality in Buffalo. When I say that, I mean, there's just concrete buildings with no character, no personality, just cold. You know, nothing really going on. There's a little section in downtown that gets lively at nighttime. But when you talk about the city of Buffalo, I mean, there is absolutely nothing to do there. Compare that to Cleveland, where I was with Sutton this past fall. We had a freaking blast, and I can't wait to go back to Cleveland in a few years. And, <laughs> and Cleveland is highly underrated. Hobos, that's a different Listen, story. No, yeah, I mean, you deal with that, but you deal with that in every big city. But, you know, Cleveland is vastly <laughs> underrated. And, and when you compare it to a city like Buffalo, I mean, Cleveland looks like heaven. Buffalo obviously looks like hell. I mean, obviously Miami and places like that are on top, but I don't know how anybody could want to go willingly play in Buffalo. It just boggles my mind. Yeah, as someone as someone who lives in Cleveland and has also gone to Buffalo, I can say that there's a little more to do in Cleveland. Now, yeah. the, the Buffalo people that I met were very cool and down to earth, but no. I agree with you. The city itself has a little more to be desired there. I, I've had I've had terrible experiences up there, and the entire place smells like urine. I don't know if it's just because they're AFC travels, <laughs> but I absolutely despise Buffalo. Maybe it's the five or six hour drive to get there, but I I, I hate Buffalo. Everything about them, their fan base. I, I'm sorry, guys. I, I I just hate you all. Yeah. So so moving on now from Zach Brown, we talked we talked to Jamal. We we gave our own thoughts on Zach, and we wish we hope that Zach Brown signs with the Miami Dolphins. We'll see how that goes out. But one thing that may pay, uh, play a little bit in that decision is the fact that Kiko Alonso got a four-year extension just hours ago. Now, there are different numbers floating around, but I'm going to cite the numbers from Chris Kaufman at CK Parrot because Chris is very plugged into the Miami Dolphins, and he knows what he's talking about. So Alonso is getting $24.9 million in new money. Three more years beginning 2018 it means $8.3 million a year in 2018. Cap dollars translate to about $7.7 million per year uh, in 2017 cap dollars. So this is, according to Kaufman, fits right in the gulf between K.J. Wright's 2015 contract and Danny Trevathan's 2016 contract. And when you really look at that deal, those two deals, I think that's where Kiko belongs. And you – we will get the real numbers in a few days, maybe as early as tomorrow. I know Joe Shad was talking about $24.9 million, I think, over four years or three years. But it's a four-year deal. It looks like $18 million guaranteed, roughly about. And 
Listen, Kiko won two games for the Miami Dolphins last year by himself. The one with the San Diego Chargers where he picked it up and scored a touchdown to seal the game. And the one against the San Francisco 49ers where he took down Kaepernick at the one-yard line. Yeah, Ndamukong and Sue was there, but Ndamukong and Sue doesn't get Kaepernick if Kiko is not right in front of Kaepernick to stop him. Kiko, yes, struggles in coverage. Every player is not perfect. With cap inflation over the next several years, I think it is a very fair deal for Kiko and the Miami Dolphins, but I know there are those that disagree. So, and what do you think? What are your thoughts on this Kiko Alonso extension? Then we'll go to Howard Simons. I know he has some very strong feelings. I think I had some mixed feelings at first. It did seem like a high number, but then again, for the same reasons that you just mentioned and what I mentioned earlier is that the salary cap is usually just an overblown fan thing. And just the nature of the beast, the way that salary caps increase every single year, the contracts that get signed next year are going to make the ones signed this year pretty much obsolete. Uh, obsolete is probably overselling it, but it's going to make the contract signed today not seem as bad in terms of the total percentage of the cap that it takes up. So I'm not so worried about um, the money aspect. And if Donna Ponte taught us anything is that there's an escape clause in every contract. So I'm sure there's going to be some kind of escape contract, with, even with Kiko, um, towards the end of the contract if things don't pan out the way we want them to. My main concern with Kiko, and I love the way he plays, I love the, the passion that he brings to the field. My only concern with him is injuries. And you could really make that case for just about any football player. But with his history, um, thankfully he, he played almost uh, every snap last year. Uh, but going forward, we're going to need that kind of consistent production from him. Yeah, I hate to mirror what Sutton said, but, I mean, the injury concerns is definitely an issue there. Uh, but on the surface, I, I don't mind the deal. Like you both have said, the salary cap continues to increase. You look at the numbers, and he fits right in where we all think he belongs. Yes, he's a liability in coverage, but he's a monster against the run. I like what he did last year. I like what he did with Buffalo back in 2013. Me personally, I mean, when that trade went through, I was, like I said before, and I'll say it again, I was in Disney World. I was completely stoked when Kiko got traded to the Dolphins, living in Eagles country. Yeah, I, I know I wouldn't have given Sean McCoy for Kiko Alonso, but, I mean, the Dolphins need a linebacker. I, I loved the trade at the time when Miami uh, moved back a few spots. They ended up getting Laramie Tunsil, Kiko, Maxwell. And, you know, you see a trade like that, and you'd, you'd love to see the Dolphins get a player to build upon in the future. And that's exactly what I do with Kiko. I mean, the numbers – aren't too crazy. I think Twitter's blowing it up a little bit more than they, they, they should. I mean, that's just Twitter, though, for you. I know when Ryan Tannehill signed his contract, people were going ballistic. But now on the surface, you see uh, some of these guys getting contracts. You see Mike Glennon up there. Uh, whatever his number was, it was completely ridiculous. So, I mean, to see what Kiko's making, the kind of player he is, he's a stud against the run. Uh, biggest concern for me, like, like Sutton said, is the injuries and if as long as he can stay healthy, I mean, he's head, heading into what, 20, he'll be 27 at the start of the 2017 season. A uh, huge staple in the middle of that Dolphins defense. I'm excited for Kiko Alonso, and I like the signing. So we'll see what position Kiko ultimately ends up playing. We know that Tins will likely play inside. If the Dolphins sign Zach Brown, Armando Salguero says that Kiko will kick to the weak side. If the Dolphins do not sign Zach Brown, who knows what direction the Dolphins will go, but Kiko would likely play strong side. And for those of you who are asking, well, what's the difference between weak side 
strong side, and the middle, right? So we know that the middle is kind of the captain of the defense. There lines people up, safety lines people up too. But the middle linebacker makes some calls in the huddle and really is that anchor in there. But the middle linebacker obviously needs to be good in coverage and a three-down guy because you don't want your middle linebacker coming off the field on third down. So Kiko played that last year. He's not naturally an inside linebacker, in my opinion. He's more of a guy that uh, better against the run. And so if they're booming him to the strong side, when you talk about strong side, right, you look at the offense and sometimes you see an unbalanced line or where the tight end is usually. So if you got two guys, you got your left tackle, left guard, center, your right guard, your right tackle. Then let's say you got your tight end. So the strong side linebacker would line up on that side. If it's flipped, the strong side would line up on the other side. And, and that's kind of how it goes there. They usually line up across from the tight end and they need to be, you know, versatile and a guy who can cover the tight end. And we know that Alonzo kind of struggles with that, but that's where he's spotted right now. The weak side, opposite of the strong side. They go on the other side where the strong side is not. The downside to that is the weak side is often in coverage, but they need to be fast. They need to be able to go from side to side on the field. So when you look at the two, the lesser of two evils, right? One is covering the tight end usually, but can also support the run. The other one, it needs to be very fast and be able to chase down guys, but more than not, he's often in coverage. So if you're looking at that house and sign before we move on to the live thread, if you had to pick, where would Kiko play in your defense, strong or weak, house? Or yeah, middle? I definitely don't want to. I, I definitely don't want to see Kiko uh, covering any tight ends. I, I think, like you said, he's ideal against the run. So I think that's where he best fits. Uh, strong side linebacker, drop him down, have him play against the run, and. Uh, whatever you don't let, don't let him get in coverage because Kiko's a liability and that's his biggest weakness other than his injuries, in my opinion. That's a tough call just because most of his snaps have came as middle linebacker. So it's tough to project a linebacker who doesn't have many snaps at a different position where he's going to go. But I'm going to go go out on a limb and say that he should actually play weak side linebacker just because when I think of the prototype strong side linebacker, they're, they're the ones that set the edge. So for whatever we say about Koamisi, when he's in there, he sets the edge against the run very well. And that's something I think that we're going to need to do this coming year. And I don't know if Kiko has the block shedding ability to play strong side linebacker on a consistent basis. Now, at the same time, you were talking about C.K. Parrott earlier, uh, yeah. MC Money. Dolphin linebackers have the most snaps of any linebacker core in the NFL. So there are, there are snaps to go around. And I mentioned earlier in the show about the versatility of this linebacker group if we sign Zach Brown. Um, so I think there's going to be a lot of snaps to go around no matter where they ultimately, quote, unquote, start. I do think Kika will play in nickel uh, with Brown and Hewitt if uh, we do sign Zach Brown, but um, I wouldn't get so much caught up in pigeonholing them into positions. I think this defensive group finally understands that you just you put players in, in positions to make plays. It doesn't matter where they start. It's where they finish. So I'm hoping that it doesn't ultimately matter where Kiko plays, just that he's on the field making plays for us. All right. Let's move on from Kiko. Unless, House, you have anything to add before we move on? 
I'm going to have you guys touch on everything. All right, perfect. So Kiko's with the Miami Dolphins for at least the next two years. Looking at the guaranteed money, probably the fourth year can be easily avoided, but we'll see how that all shakes out. I think Kiko was a great addition to the Miami Dolphins. Let's go to the live thread and let's answer some questions on Twitter before we wrap up the show. I know the live thread, uh, what do we have going on in there, Sutton and House? All right, I got one from Redwood, and he's asking about um, basically the distribution of money that, we, that we've gone through this offseason so far. And he just asked, uh, since Florida has no state income tax, so are we to think none of these players would take a hometown discount? Would any of them have gotten as much if they went on the open market? Do other teams have to pay small fortunes to keep their own players? I get that we have a certain small core of players that we need to keep for reasons of performance and team building, such as Jarvis Landry, but I think none of the players re-signed this offseason are part of that small core. Um, I'll go ahead and take this one real quick. I would disagree in the sense that I do think Kenny Stills took a little bit of a hometown discount for us. And frankly, we don't really know what other offers these players had on the table um, compared to the – to the offer that they got from Miami. So it is kind of hard to ascertain whether they did, you know, quote unquote, take a hometown discount or, you know, if we did give them fair market value, I I think you'd have to be crazy to not consider the income tax part uh, of the implications of the contract. But I think what he was more alluding to was the players that we signed may not be the true core that we want to resign. Well, this is where we get back into Adam Gase and how much we trust what his coaching staff sees in the players. Um, MC Money, you've alluded to the fact that, that Gase has more personnel say and control. So for these for these moves to be made, you have to think that Gase is signing off on these moves. So you have to think that the team holds these players in very high regard. Uh, here's one from Daytona Dolphin. Do you guys think we went a little high to lock down Kiko? I like me some Kiko, but $18 million guaranteed is a lot of change for a fair to middle linebacker. I think we all touched on this already. I don't think it was too pricey for Kiko. I think in a few years that may even look like a bargain. Another 120 tackle season. Uh, if he improves against the pass, continues to do what he does against the run, and can stay healthy. I, I like Miami's deal for Kiko, and i uh, take that any day of the week. We have one more from Redwood. Also, do the signing of Timmons and re-signing Malonzo mean that we are not looking at linebacker in the draft? I've heard the name Zach Cunningham a number of times, who could well be available at number 22. But in this draft, how strong are the middle linebacker groups and outside outside linebacker groups, respectively? It really depends on what happens with Brown at this point. Now, even if we sign Brown, I don't think that it automatically uh, prohibits an investment in linebacker. But if we do not sign Zach Brown, I think it makes it a little more likely that we go linebacker either day one or day two, somewhere in there. Um, But in terms of the overall groups, it looks like the outside linebacker group is a little bit better than the middle, middle linebacker group. It would be nice. And how I'll have you use some of your Photoshopping skills to get Ruben Foster to drop to us. (laughs) But we've already seen some of the drama with him in the combine. So you never know if someone like that falls to you. And then, you know, for an Laramie Tunsil situation where 
we're taking the best player available, but also a position of need for us. I think that's a hard proposition to turn away from. So um, we're just going to have to see how how the board plays out. And I really urge Dolphin Sands to not start going out and saying, like, no way this guy lasts this long or, oh, he's for sure gone by then because we do not know how the draft is going to play out. It is an absolute roulette cluster, F-U-C-K, chaotic, whatever you want to call it, it's crazy. So I wouldn't go into this with black and white predictions. It better be a lot of room for gray. All right, let's go on over to Twitter. We have a few questions there. The first one is from Scooby Dolphins fan. Do you think – I mean, sorry. uh, Do you think the roster is better this year than last year? And that is a very good question, Scooby Dolphins fan. I would have to say yes, because when you're looking at the offense, they kind of kept everything the same, really. Um, another year in the system is only going to improve. You're getting Pouncey back. You're moving Tunsil out to left tackle as natural position. And Bushrod's coming back to compete, and we'll have to see what they do in the draft. On the defensive side, they got Lawrence Simmons, who I'm a fan of, moving Kiko back to his you know, natural position, trying to get Zach Brown in here and other guys. And they are still looking for cornerback help as well. So I think at the end of the day, after the draft, I think this roster will be better than last year's. And we know that every season contains luck and big breaks and good breaks. And the Dolphins certainly got their share of that last season. But, you know, that's what, that's what the NFL comes down to. Hell, if the Patriots don't ever get that tuck rule, who knows what would have ever happened to that team? I mean, honestly, right? That tuck rule could have changed history. And it sucks that it's the Patriots. All right, we have another one from Canyon Gray 17. Why has the Jarvis Landry extension not come yet? Will it? And how much do we pay him? All right, so Canyon Gray, I can't, I don't know how much we'll pay him because we've seen kind of some wacky contracts from the Dolphins lately. I can tell you they're working on it because of Jarvis Landry and who he is and the position he plays is a little more complicated. It's going to be a big money deal. He's going to be paid like one of the top, more top tier wide receivers in a league. I'm not saying AJ Green. I'm not saying Des Bryant, but I'm saying kind of below those guys a little bit, but right near the bottom of that top tier. Uh, so his contract is a little more complicated. I'm sure they want to lock up a long term deal. And there are lots of things when you're talking about that kind of money and that kind of player. We're at the top of the level and the top of the game. One more from Rob Carruth here at Rob Carruth. What is the, yeah. So Rob also asked about Landry, and yes, I have been told that Landry's extension, barring any setbacks, should be announced before the season begins. Uh, I've always talked about the draft strategy on Twitter, and we'll continue to talk about that. I'll touch on it real quick, Rob. That's mainly cornerback, defensive end, and linebacker in the first few rounds of the draft. Don't rule out an offensive guard either. We'll see how that plays out. But really, Rob is asking, have the Dolphins spent their cap money wisely in free agency? And I think this is the question I want to end the show with, because I know there's a lot of chatter on this. And I'm going to give both of you a chance to respond to this, but I'll start off. Here's the thing, like I said earlier in the show. One, it's not our money. Two, the Dolphins know what they want. Three, this coaching staff has proven to us, based on the draft and free agency last year, that they target very specific players and they're going going to go out and get them. And four, the cap rises every single year, right? 
and God knows where this cap is going to go in the next few years. When Adamican Sue signed his deal, how long did that deal last for before it became kind of just a standard top-of-the-line deal? What, was it a year before Von Miller signed his? When Ryan Tannehill signed his quarterback extension, people were making a big deal about it. How long was it a big deal? Maybe about a year before the next quarterback signing came? So when, when you talk about guys like Kiko and Andre Branch and Kenny Stills, who took a discount to stay with Miami, in one year, those contracts will look like standard deals. I mean, if you really think about it, that's what really it comes down to. And the cap inflation, the, the deals that get set on the market, the, you are what the market says you are. And not one team can control that. And that's just the way it is. So I'm, I'm not too concerned about the way the Dolphins are spending their money. I think they're going to get it right. They're going to write out this Sue contract. They wouldn't have given Sue this contract if Adam Gase was the coach at the time, but it is what it is. And I think the Dolphins are, are doing what they need to do. How, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I hate to piggyback what you said, but like you said, it's not our money. I like what the Dolphins are doing. And I do think they're kind of uh, almost – sign these players before they hit that big money contract. I mean, you look at Kiko's contract, it's pretty, it looks pretty big right now, but in a year or two, that's going to be a fair contract. The same can be said for guys like Andre Branch. I know a lot of Dolphins Twitter, including myself, maybe Andre Branch isn't the greatest defensive end in the league, but he's also 27 years old. He had one of his best seasons with the Dolphins. And in the end, you just got to trust Adam Gates. You got to trust the process. You got to trust what these guys are doing because this isn't Joe Philbin. This isn't Jeff Ireland. This is Adam Gates. Uh, as much as we, we didn't like Mike Tannenbaum or, or despise him when he was in, with the Jets, I mean, you got to like what he's doing. And there's always an out clause. There's always a way to get out of a deal. So you just got to trust the process. You got to trust what these guys are doing. They know these players better than we do. And, I mean, for them to reach out, give these guys contracts. I love the Kenny Stills contract, even the Kiko one next year. I bet Dolphins Twitter's raving about it after he has another 120 tackle season, stays healthy. I like what the Dolphins have done this offseason. I, I think this team's better than they were last year. And I mean, you touched on it last week. You said how this team might be uh, almost going year by year, and it kind of seems that way almost. I, Miami just continues to make these bet. They consider to plug and play with these key veterans here and there each year, uh, particularly on defense, which you like to see them get some more young talent in there. But I like what the Dolphins are building, and uh, I like the way they're they're moving for the future. Yeah, it's you know that we're not used to the Dolphins re-signing our own, and we've done that in yeah. abundance this off season. So I think we're all a little bit confused at how to feel about all of this, just because we're used to making the big splashes in free agency and not worrying about our own homegrown talent, et cetera, et cetera. So there's clearly a different culture in the organization right now to work with. So I think what Gase has done is he's he's kind of putting the burden back on the players. It's like, okay, you produce for us, and we're paying you, and we had a great year last year. Now it's time for you to keep producing and build this culture. This is not a status quo sort of thing. And the interesting thing, and one of the things I really value about Adam Gase is that he's a player-centered coach, but he's not like Rex Ryan where he's just, you know, shooting the shit all the time. He's pretty professional. So to have such strong relationships with the players without being a loosey-goosey dumbass, basically, 
I think that speaks volumes for him to invest in his players like that because that's what helps build culture. I mean, culture isn't like a abstract concept that we can just approach from afar. I mean, we have to put our trust out there too as a team. So that's what we've done this off season is we're, we're putting trust in our players and we're saying, Hey, we believe in you. Now it's your turn to make this happen. So let's make this happen. And not a couple of years from now, let's do it right now. Yeah. So we all set our points on that. And I think we're all on the same page with that. And how it's like your point said, there is always a way to get out of a deal at a certain point and just got to trust the process Trust what the Dolphins are doing. Trust their vision. For better or worse, we have to see what it is, and we'll find out down the road. All right, so that's, that's our show for tonight. We had a great show. We had Jamal Wambalong gave us some great information on Zach Brown. At the bottom of the line, for, at, the bottom of the, at, at the end of the day for Zach Brown, I don't know what that was. I apologize for that. At the end of the day for <laughs> Zach Brown, it's going to come down to a business and football decision, and he deserves to get what he can when he can especially in this kind of brutal sport. I mean, Dwight Clark comes out and says he has ALS. So you never know. Um, we talked about Kiko and his extension. And then we, of course, talked about the salary cap and answered all the questions on a live thread and on Twitter. So it's kind of slowing down now. The draft is about a month away, a little more than a month away. The draft will start coming into focus over the next few weeks. We'll start talking about the draft more and more. We'll be bringing on draft analysts. I know Kyle Krabs will be joining us in the next few weeks, and we'll bring some other guys on to talk about who the Dolphins may target and who are some guys that the Dolphins may be interested in and who would fit in the Dolphins system as we move forward. So for House and for Sutton, I am MC Money. We thank you for joining Finsider Radio this week. We hope you enjoyed the show. We'll talk to you next week. And in the meantime, tweet us, talk to us on thefinsider.com, and we'll always be sure to interact over the next coming week. Take care. Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seemed Smart. It Seemed Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seemed smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain, or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission, or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart.